0: And take your Bibles tonight, if you would, and turn to Genesis, Genesis chapter 12 this evening, Genesis chapter 12, I want to appreciate all your texts, emails, and phone calls, and inquiring about my wife, she is recovering, she's doing better every day, sure appreciate everything, appreciate you folks allowing us to be here, hard to believe, today marks three years, three years ago the day you folks uh, voted for me to pa- be the pastor here, Father's Day, Hard to believe time flies when you're having fun, so it's been a blessing. We've enjoyed it. The greatest privileges of my life first is to be a Christian, second is to be married to Angie Goosey Moon, third is to be the father of Alethia Micah Moon, and fourth is to be the pastor of North Gainesville Baptist Church. In that order and that responsibility, that being said, let's read Genesis chapter 12, verse 4 this evening. Genesis chapter 4. Me, Genesis chapter twelve verse four. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram went was, was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah his wife, or Sarah his wife, and his his brother's son, and all their substance, and all they had gathered, and the souls they had gotten in Haran, and went forth and to go into the land of Canaan, into the land of Canaan. They came verse six. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of. Sh- Shechem, the place of Moriah, unto the Canaanite was in the land. The Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. <clears throat> and there builded up he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai, which is really Ai, on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed journey going on still towards the south verse 10 and there was a famine in the land abram went down into the egypt to serve jon there for his family was for the famine was was grievous in the land and it came to pass when he come near to enter to egypt that he said unto sarai his wife behold now i, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon in the hebrew that means wow Shazam <laughs> just wanted to kind of let you know what that actually meant Verse 12, therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, thou shalt say, this is the, his wife, and they, they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians behold, beheld the woman that was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her husband and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken unto the Pharaoh's house. And he entered Abram and he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he had asses and manservants and maidservants and she asses and camels. Verse 17, the Lord plagued Pharaoh's house and the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarah Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Thou, Thou saidest, she is my sister." So I might have taken her to me. So I might have taken her to me, my wife. And therefore, behold, thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for tonight. Where we pause, we ask Lord for your blessing. We know it is a it is, it is bless a blessing to read your word, to hear your word, to meditate upon your word. To to memorize your word so lord just the fact that we can come and as brothers and sisters in christ hear your word tonight we're grateful for that we know, thank you for the freedom we have in this country even still to preach your word to teach your word to live your word help us never to take it for granted and i pray lord tonight that you'd give us ears to hear help us lord not just be hearers of the word but but god help us to be doers as well i pray in jesus name amen so a few weeks ago we looked at the, the path of Abraham who was, he, actually his name at this point was Abram. He will, and we talked about the difference between the two names, Abram and Abraham. He was 75 at, at this time. He had pretty much everything that he, that he wanted in life. Uh, he was set financially, had a beautiful wife, as we've already talked about in the Hebrew, we looked at that. Uh, but, he, he but he had it all. had but he didn't have one thing. One thing that is necessary that every person must have, he didn't have the call of God upon his life. See, a, a man without a purpose is really purposeless. He's like, a, he's like a fish out of water. He doesn't know where to go. He's kind of flopping around. you ever seen a fish out of water? They're flopping around. They're supposed to be in the water or on your barbecue plate. I'm on the skillet somewhere. But, if, but he's, he's out of purpose. He just, he just kind of, his, his life is all about him up to this point. Life without God is is us consumed with us. That's really what life is. Life for folks out there in the world, it's all about them, right? What I can do, what I can get, how much money can I have? How many houses can I have? How much stuff can I have? Could he who has the most stuff wins? Well, dear friend, if there's not a God, if there's not heaven, that's true. But the reality is this is not all there is. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. This is just a temporal place. I'm going to somewhere better. And what matters here is not so much that matters. What matters, what really matters is what happens up there. But see, what I do here in this life will matter for all eternity. So it does matter how we live for God or not for God. So we see, first of all, how Abraham found his path how he found his path. Remember, he was called to God, from God out of the Ur of Chaldees, this pagan place. We see the step of faith, the statement of faith, and now it says in verse, it says now and uh, it says now that the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, to a land that I will show thee. We talked about that last time. This was a, state, a statement of faith, a, a statement of a call that God would actually want him to do something. It's like when God came to Isaiah, you know, after he'd been a minister, after he'd been prophesying, after he'd been preaching and saying, well, Lord, after in a day when Uzziah died, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. You have a call upon your life. Do you know what you're doing right now is exactly what God wants you to be doing? I'm asking a serious question to every. I'm not just talking to men. I'm talking about every person in this room. You ought to be living right now, knowing you're in the center of God's will. And if you don't know that, you better find it, because success is finding the, finding God's will in your life and doing it. It's just not finding it; it's doing it. Many a person has known it, but they never did it. They never did anything about it. They knew they were supposed to be doing X, Y, Z, but they never did it. Most Christians never get never get past the place where they know God has called them they never get to that next place they hear the call they know God's called them but they never do anything about it why they get caught up they get caught up in paying the bills almighty dollar becomes first and money we trust no I think Jesus said seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you it's not money's first. It's not bills first. It's God's first. Because you put money first and God's first, you will never do the will of God. Because you have to choose money, mammon, or the master. Who's it going to be in your life? Oh, I can't tell you how many people I've seen chase money, chase prosperity, chase stuff. And where does it end? You know what it ends? In regret. It ends in loneliness. And you know it ends in more bills to pay. Because as long as you're breathing, friend, you're going to have bills to pay. But when you get to Jesus, get to heaven, the bills are gone. So whether you whether you choose to live in the will of God or out of the will of God, you're always going to have bills. Why not do it God's way and see Him provide it for you? I see people living for God and God provides for Him and I, for them. And I see people not living in the will of God and they're struggling to pay their bills. What's the difference? Doing it God's way. I must rather pray for God to provide for my my bills and take care of him, take care of me. I'm not saying being lazy not work. You should do everything you can. But first you have to trust in God. Not trust in yourself. Dear friend, we're going the wrong way. We go the wrong way. We see the step statement of faith. But we see, secondly, the step of faith. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old, and he departed out of Haran. So, so Abram wasn't a spring chicken. Even in his probably middle age time, he was, he was going on for God. Haran was there, was where his father Terah had died and was buried. And now Abram leaves his kindred, leaves his family, no, leaves his comfort, leaves everything he knows. And chooses to follow God. We see the statement of faith and the step of faith. Are you taking steps of faith in your life towards the will of God? Or are you going back away from the will of God? In this last year, may I ask you a question? Have you gotten closer to God or have you gotten further away from God? Are you reading your Bible more? Are you praying more? Are you more faithful to church? Are you doing right? Are you loving others? Are you witnessing more? Are you drawing closer to him? Or are you going away from him? You see, folks, there's just two choices on the shelf, serving God or serving self. Abram made a step of faith. He found his path, but now he was following his path versus, following the path of faith, verses 5 through 8. We see Abram witnessing in verse 5. It says, Abram took Sarah's wife and Lot his brother's son. So his choices, like our choices, don't just affect us. It affected his wife. It affected his brother's son, Lot. You know what? When you live for God, you encourage other people to live for Jesus. But when you don't live for God, you encourage other people not to live for Jesus. Your life, no matter how insignificant you may feel this morning or how insignificant you may be, you're not because God made you and God don't make jump. You didn't come, you didn't, you didn't, you, didn't, you weren't coming from a comet. You didn't, you weren't from a monkey. God created you from a purpose and a reason. You were created especially from your mother's womb. Amen. Amen. So God was doing something in the life of Abram, and because God, Abraham was obeying God, it was having a positive effect on Sarah. It was having a positive effect on Lot. And when you and I do right, it has a positive effect on other people around us. I heard about this man who had a burden to win souls. He went around and he, and he painted his suitcase, on one part of his suitcase, a fool for Christ's sake. A fool for Christ's sake. Then he would gather a crown. People would look around and just say, what has he got on his, on his briefcase? A, a fool for Christ's sake. And then he would turn the, the briefcase around and he said, whose fool are you? You see, dear friend, we're following somebody. You're either, you're either following God and people think you're foolish. Or people, you're following the devil and people think you're foolish. But it really doesn't matter what people think. You're going to choose who you're going to live for. See, either you're going to live for God or you're going to live for, to live for the devil and yourself. We have got to choose to live for God. Abram was witnessing. He was an influence on his family. When you live for God, you'll be an influence for your family too. Not only was he witnessing for God, he was walking with God. It says in verse 6, And the Canaanite was in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, And I see what will I give this land and their builder an the altar of the Lord who appeared unto him. It was in the lowlands of faith that he was making progress. People saw him moving forward in his life. He was taking one step at a time, and he chose to do what God wanted him to do. He went to a land he did not understand. He went to a place where there were people already at, but he chose to do it for God. He chose to walk with God. That's a day after day after day decision. Walking isn't that. Um, special, we think sometimes. You think we see people sprinting, we saw, we think to ourselves, wow, that's that's wonderful. I was downtown in Gainesville the other day. I saw a guy dressed up like Thor running down the road. I said, Man, what's that guy doing? Is he training for his next movie? I guess. I said, but if we're just walking, we don't think anything spectacular about that. But you know what? It takes getting up every day and doing right. That's the Christian life. It's not the sprint. It's not the marathon. It's getting up and deciding today I'm going to live for Jesus. And tomorrow, getting up and deciding you're going to live for Jesus. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Thank God for you fathers. Thank God for you mothers who choose every day to live for Jesus. That's great influence because people that are underneath you are watching you. I'm so glad I had a dad who got up every day and went to work tired, frustrated, upset, hung I was going to say hungry, but he's a moon, so I dare he's always hungry. But he wanted to—he—he he, he wanted to provide for his family. Dear friend, that's why we, we we say on today, honor thy father and thy mother. It's important because the people who went in front of us are choosing to walk and do right. No, more is he walking? He was waiting. The Canaanite that was a race. Corrupt people beyond description. We see verses six and seven. Abraham passed through the land, a place of Shechem and plain of Morak, into the Canaan that was in the land. He was in this land where he believed God had called him, and there was people there that were there already. Maybe Abraham thought to himself, "Well, God called me to this place, but how am I I supposed to possess this place if there's people already here?" But he believed God past what he could see. See, sometimes we get in circumstances, situations, we see it with our eyes, but not our eyes of faith, and we think, well, this can't, this can't work out. Did God promise you the land of the Canaanites? Did God promise you this land? If God promised you the land, even though there's people already, already in it, don't you think he's gonna take care of it? See, we often we just go with what we see, what we think, what we feel. You have to go past what you feel, friends. You have to go past what, you first, what first hits you and, go and live by the eyes of faith, trusting the one who's called you to obey him, to believe that he will do it. See, if he's, if he's faithful to call you, he's faithful to do it. Just trust him all the way. You say, well, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what to do. Are you doing what God's called you to do? If you're doing what God's called you to do, then stay where you're at till God calls you to do something else. The greatest greatest temptation for Christians is to leave when you should wait. Waiting on God is one of the hardest things you can do. But it's one of the most important things you can do. The Bible says in Psalm 27, 14, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 7, Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him that prospereth in the way, because of him that bringeth wicked devices to pass. Oh, the Canaanites... The Canaanites are the land. Did God call you to this land? Yeah, God called you to the land. You think he's going to take care of the Canaanites? Yeah, he is. But you have to trust him. You have to believe. Not only was Abram walking and waiting for God, he was worshiping God. Look at verse 8. It says, He moved from thence unto the mountain of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east, and there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Interesting enough about these words. Ai literally means a pile of rubbish, (laughs) so on one side he had a pile of rubbish. Bethel means the house of God, so he was somewhere between a pile of rubbish and the house of God, that's where most Christians live, you know that? Between a pile of rubbish and the house of God, that's where we find ourselves. Sometimes we go back to that pile of rubbish, we go back to our past, Things we know we shouldn't be doing, places we know we shouldn't be doing, watching things we shouldn't be watching, listening to things we shouldn't be listening to. We get back in that old way, then we get right and go back to the house of God and get right. Amen. Where are you at tonight? you in a pile of rubbish or are you in the house of God? Well, physically, you're in the house of God, but spiritually, are you in a pile of rubbish? Oh, he was somewhere in between. Somewhere in between, we see the finding. he was finding the, the path of faith, following the path of faith, and Abraham was forsaking the path of faith. Look what it says in verse 10. And there was a famine in the land. When Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn, for the famine was grievous in the land. We see, first of all, Abraham's folly. Abraham's folly. What do we do when famine comes? Well, what do we do when pandemic comes? We just had a, a spiritual... Famine. We just had a pandemic. How did how did people respond? How did people act? Well, you you could you could say all kinds of things about that. That's a sermon in itself. But dear friend, when you have famine in land and things are lean, work as if everything depends on you, and trust as if everything depends on God. Do everything you can by the grace of God with the energy that and the strength that God gives you, but trust in God like you never have. You see, famines don't come by themselves. The weather, <laughs> the weather is superintended by God. I have people all the time complaining about the weather. Well, who think who th- It wasn't Mother Nature who did that, folks. There is no such thing as Mother Nature. There's Father God. <laughs> He's in control of everything, right? And he doesn't make mistakes. He never has. He never will. Amen? Abraham goes to a place of wickedness. He goes down to Egypt. Do you know in the Bible, Egypt is always a picture of the world? It's, all, it's never a good time to go down to Egypt. I'll read you some verses. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, and do not of me, that cover with a covering, and do, and, but not of my spirit, that they may add to sin. Isaiah 30, verse 2. Walk, that they walk and then go down to Egypt, and have asked, my, asked them of my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Isaiah 30 verse 3, for therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and trust in the shadow of Egypt to your confusion. What is he saying? These people, these Israelites were going down to Egypt because they felt like going down to Egypt was security. How many Christians have left the church going to the world thinking they're securing the world? They left the thing that God has saved them from thinking that if I go back to it, I'll find security in the world. Dear friend, there's no security in this worldly system. There's no hope in this system. There's no security in this place. This place is passing away. Everything you see is going to burn up. It's going to be gone. Global warming, just like Al Gore said, is going to happen. Just not like he said it's going to happen. (laughs) If you were here in Sunday school class, you got that. You see his folly. He made a bad decision. Oh, would to God that we would stay where we're at. Dear friend, do not move in your life until you know it's God moving you. I'm going to say it again. Do not move in your life until you know it's God moving you. Not family moving you, not friends moving you, not emotions moving you, not feelings moving you. All those things will move you. But if you go back, if you go to Egypt, and you always have to go down to Egypt, When you go and leave the will of God to think you'll find security and happiness and joy and fun and all these different things, you'll find yourself in a bad place. And when you make that step of compromise, the first step is is difficult. But the farther you go down that that slope, the faster you will go. And you'll find yourself compromising, 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 compromising. So where did he find himself? He found himself here in Pharaoh's house. And what does he have to do? Well, God had blessed him with a beautiful wife. And now Pharaoh sees this, this wife of, of, of Abram, and he has to commit a, a falsehood. Look at verse 11. It came to pass when he was come near into the Egypt, they said to Sarah's wife, Now behold, I know thou art a fair woman to look upon, therefore... Shall I come to pass when the Egyptians shall see that they shall say this is, this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will, say, will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister and be well with thee for, my, for, for thy sake and my soul shall live because of thee. You see, whenever we make a bad decision and leave God's will, it will not be long before you'll make more bad decisions. One bad decision begets other bad decisions. You start lying in one area of your life. Before lying, you're lying about everything. Before long, you don't know what you're lying about. You start stealing here. Before long, you think, well, that's just a little thievery. No, before long, you're, being, you're doing more thievery. Before long, you're, stealing, you're not just stealing from people. You're stealing from the IRS. Then you're stealing from the God. Then you're stealing from everybody. See, one small sin begins more and more sin. Abram's going from the, he's, he's in the, He went from the house of God. He built an altar. He was there where God wanted him to be, but he left it because he got afraid. How many people in this last two years have left the house of God and Jesus himself because of fear? How many people? Oh, there should be in seats this morning, should be in seats tonight, but they've chosen fear over faith. Dear friend, not one person who's come to North Gainesville Baptist Church have died by coming to church. Praise God for it. Dear friend, there's no, if you can run to Walmart and every else place in the world and, and live like the devil and not come to church, something's not quite right. It's just the truth. What did what he have to do? He had to compromise. And fear always causes us to compromise. Genesis chapter 20 and verse 2. See, this was a half truth. Oh, he was half right, but just chapter 20 and verse 12, he said, and yet indeed she is my sister, she's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. So it was a half truth. And that's what it, it was so kind of like, well, you know, it kind of soothes my conscience because it's half right. No friend, half a lie is a full lie. I, I'll say that again. Half a lie is a full lie. It's just not right. <laughs> dear friend the Bible says thou shalt not lie amen it's still of the Ten Commandments right and we should be against it if, if hey if you tell somebody you're going to do something by the grace of God you should do it you know what you you and I are only as good as our word when you shake somebody's hand and say I'm going to be a certain place a certain time if you can't make commit that commitment, the next time a certain person says to you, you're going to be there a certain time, certain place, they're not going to believe you. Now, all of us get in situations where we can't make it. Then you pick up the phone and say, hey, friend, I can't make it. But if you talk to somebody and they tell you time after time after ten time, and you tell them you're going to be somewhere a certain time, and you don't make it, well, dear friend, you start questioning their word. And dear friend, all you have in this life is your character. And when you lose your character because nobody can trust what you say, then you've lost everything. Because the most important thing you have in this life is not your insurance policy, it's not your car, it's not your house. The most important thing you have in your life is your testimony. And if you lose your testimony for Jesus, what do you have? You have absolutely nothing. What did Abraham have at this time? Well, God had called him to canaan but now he's in egypt he's gone somewhere he's not supposed to be he's living a life he's not supposed to live and now he's having to lie about his own family and he's having to tell his wife to lie or tell a half lie and that's exactly what sin will do it will cost you more than you want to pay it will keep you longer than you want to stay that's what sin will do that's what sin will do the reason Abraham lied, what came to pass, that Abraham was coming to the Egypt. The Egyptians beheld the woman; she was very fair. She was 65 years of age, but probably many commentators say she was probably about 35 years of of normal age of, of what we would think of today. How did Pharaoh react to this? Verse 15: The princess of also of Pharaoh saw her and commanded her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. So he thought, well, maybe if I lie about this, I can get out of it. No. Nope. That's exactly what happens. We think we can lie and, and get away with it, dear friend. You never lie and get away from it. Even if you get away from it, God still knows. So Abram makes us half lie, thinks he thinks he can get out of it that Pharaoh will believe him and Sarah will Sarah will stay with him, but he doesn't. He doesn't. Abram did not anticipate this. Sarah still goes with Pharaoh, so now he's stuck. He's stuck in Egypt. His wife's with Pharaoh, what's Abel gonna do? He's in trouble, he's stuck. Reminds me of a story, Brother Eric, about a man and a snake. I know it's your favorite story. This man out in California was in a zoo. He was a doctor in a zoo and he asked his friend, say, hey, would you help me wrestle this cobra because I have to do some surgery on this cobra and they got three other men to go with them. So it's these five guys, they go into this cage with this cobra. And as soon as they go into this cage with this cobra, the cobra knows they're coming for him. I don't know how they know, but they know. The cobra stands up and they're and the, cobra, the cobra's looking eye to eye. He's 10 feet tall, 10 feet long. He's looking eye to eye with each one of those guys. Now think about it, Brother Eric. Brother Eric wouldn't be there at all. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about that. He's not gonna be, in. A, hey, you couldn't pay Eric all the money in the whole world <laughs> to be in a cage with a cobra. Well, this guy's in a cage with a cobra and the cobra goes after the doctor. The rest of them grab him. They grab the cobra around the neck and the doctor says, put a towel in his mouth. They put a towel in the snake's mouth and he starts putting his venom into that towel. And the guy thought to himself, this kind of reminds me exactly where, what, what, what Abraham was. He got a hold of a snake. And when he got a hold of a snake, he didn't realize what he's getting himself into. You know, dear friends, that's just how life is. You make one bad decision. Oh, I'll go into a snake, a cage with a snake. You don't know what that snake's going to do. You don't know that snake's going to react. You go in there thinking, well, I can, I'll make it happen. I'll lie a little here. I'll cheat a little this. I'll do a lot of this. I'll figure it all out. I'm smart. I know what's going to happen. No, you don't, friend. No, you don't, friend. Just like you don't know how life is, you don't know how a snake is, you're going down the wrong path. And it, what happens is you wind up getting hurt. You wind up making decisions you should never make. That's what happens when you go down to Egypt. But thank God, God in his mercy rescued Abraham. Look at verse 17. The Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. Interesting, it says because of Sarah, Abram's wife not because of Abram God didn't do this because of Abram because Abram he left the will of God he left the will of God and he and and Sarah had to lie for half lie for Abram but because God showed mercy on Sarah because Sarah's responsibility was to obey her husband and she did and she was commended for that she obeyed God and for Sarah's sake God looked down on Sarah and said Hey, this isn't right. I'm gonna give plagues into Pharaoh's house. And the Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that this was thy wife? Why didst thou, what did what saidest thou that she is my sister, so that I might take in her unto me now that there, thou behold thy wife, take her and go thy way. Wow. What did what did what did what did God do? In spite of Abraham's sin, Abram's sin, God rescued him. And Sarah and Lot and all of them because of the faith of obedient wife. Wow. What a wonderful thing. But was there consequences? Dear friend, when every time, you and I do wrong, there's consequences. Whenever we make whenever we step out of the will of God, there's always consequences. First, there was a loss of blessing. There's a loss of blessing. When you you and I step out of the will of God, there's a loss of blessing. Secondly, there's an increase in possessions. You think, well, man, I, I, he got a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, he got a whole lot of stuff. But then because he got so much stuff, he had to argue with his, his brother's son a lot about it. Just because you get more stuff doesn't mean it's always better. Sometimes it's better if you just have less. Less is, less, is, less is sometimes good. if more, if getting more is causing you to get out of the will of God, it's not the will of God see having things is not wrong it's when the things have you that's when they're wrong and when things cause you to live the will of God they're always wrong you see friend if I'm having to miss church and miss doing the will of God because I have to work so much that I'm missing church missing obeying God missing living God for God then I got to find ask myself a question is what I'm doing really worth what I'm doing you have to ask that question Early, when Sarah left Egypt, she brought along a maid servant to help named Hagar. He went down to Egypt and he picked up some baggage, he picked up stuff, and he picked up a woman by Hagar. Because he picked up Hagar, he would have a relationship ultimately with her, and that relationship would lead to lots of troubles and problems. Notice the fifth consequence he lost his testimony. Pharaoh called Abram and said, What, what you've done to me? Isn't it a sad thing that here's Abram, supposed to be a man of faith? He goes to a pagan place with a pagan king. The pagan king knows what's right and wrong, but Abram doesn't know what's right and wrong. It's a sad thing when Christians, when Christians who know what what's right and what's wrong don't do what's what's right, and the world knows what's right. See, Christians, see, the world out there knows Christians are supposed to go to church. They know that. They know that. They know Christians are supposed to live for God. They know that. They know Christians are supposed to act right, talk right, live right. When we go down to the pagan place and act like pagans, they look at you and they say, hypocrite. And then when somebody from North Gainesville Baptist Church knocks on their door and they say, hey, can you come to church? They say, no, because I know somebody from your church and you're a hypocrite. I hear it almost every time I go out on visitation. And why why do they say it? They say it, man, because it's true. When you live the will, when you live the will of God and act like a pagan, you know what it, you do? You destroy the testimony of Jesus Christ. What David did when he committed that awful sin against Bathsheba, it was horrible, and he committed adultery. It was horrible that he that he killed Uriah the Hittite. But what the worst thing he did? He caused the enemies of God to blaspheme. And when you and I walk away from the will of God, we we cause the devil to blaspheme God for the for the for the the wickedness the wickedness of the world to look at us and say, "Look at them, look at them." But thank God, it wasn't over for Abram, and it's not over for for us either. (laughs) It says in chapter thirteen, verse one. Chapter thirteen, verse one. If you'll look over. It says, and, and Abram went up to the, went up out of Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him, into the south. Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. And he went in his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where he had. his tent had been in the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. What did he do? He went to a place he shouldn't have went. But he recognized he shouldn't have been there and he went back to where God was. The best thing to do is when you and I go wrong, when we go to Egypt, is to leave Egypt and get back where God is. You have to realize that you're wrong. Leave the world and go back to where God is. Go back to the house of God. Go back to doing right. Go back to living for for God and doing what God wants you to do in life. I don't know what Egypt is to you. For some of you, Egypt might be a relationship. It might be a girl. It might be a guy. It might be a job. It might be a circumstance. It might be a thing. It might be a hobby. It might be a business adventure. It might be a home. It might be stuff. I don't know what Egypt is. I don't know what you've left God to go to. But whatever you've left God to go to, may I beg you tonight, leave that stuff and go back to God leave it because it's not worth it not one relationship not one job not one thing in this life is worth losing your relationship with jesus for go back to it wherever you lost your relationship with god recognize that you've lost it because first you have to recognize you lost it and then return to god return to god would you do that he had to first go back to the place he departed and then he had to go to a place of dependence. He built an altar. And as the Bible said, and there, Abram called on the name of the Lord. He went to the back to the place of departure. He went back to the place of dependence. He trusted in God again. All of us from time to time, though sometimes not as dramatic as others, go back to Egypt. Because Egypt's alluring. Egypt's fun. Egypt, Egypt, man. This whole world is alluring. That's why so many Christians love Egypt. It's a place of worldliness and wickedness and ultimate destruction. And there's millions, yay, probably billions of Christians who went south spiritually to Egypt and they've never come back. They went with a friend they thought were really a friend, but you can't run with a skunk and smell like a rose. They got involved with some girl. They got involved with some guy. They got involved in some job. I'll close with this. I went golfing with a friend just just a few weeks ago. He was a man of God. He went down to Egypt. Went down to Egypt. Almost lost his family. Almost for for a while, though, he didn't lose his salvation. He was not faithful to God. It took him about 50. 15 years to recognize he was wrong. But he almost lost everything except for Jesus. Oh, he has powerful. He had money. He had stuff. He had nobility. He had position. He had all he had everything that the world would desire. The only thing he didn't have was peace with God and a right relationship with his wife and children was it worth it? I can promise you if he could go back today, he would go back and change that decision. You see, dear friend, to be right with God and right with your family, there's really nothing more important in life than that. There's really nothing. Not not a job, not an insurance policy, not cars, not stuff. He, He had all of that, but he didn't have peace with God and peace with his family. But he went back to the place of departure. And he went back and started depending on God again. He had to humble himself, admit he was wrong, and go back to God. Would you do that tonight? Maybe some of you have missed the will of God, or you feel like you're out of the will of God right now. At one time in your life, you believe God called you to do something, that he wanted to do something in your life, that he was asking you to do something. Some of you have told me there's been times in your life where you stepped out of the will of God because of this circumstance because of this situation, because you met this person or you went there, I want to ask you, are you out of the will of God tonight? Success is finding God's will for your life and doing it. Are you in the will of God right now? If you're out of the will of God right now, get back in it. You're one decision from living for God. Quit living for money. Quit living for things. Quit living for stuff. Quit living to try to please people. Choose to please. Jesus Christ because one day you'll stand you'll bow your knee and every tongue and every mouth confess that Jesus Christ is Lord live to the audience of one because he is the only one that matters let us pray father we thank you God for your goodness thank you for your grace oh God I pray Lord you'd help us not to go down to Egypt not to live for self not get caught up in fear or worry But, God, to live for you, to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Over here, if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I plead with you, I beg you today to know that you know that you know Christ as your Savior. Say, preacher, I'm here, but I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Oh, don't you know that God loves you? Don't you know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life? Don't you know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? Dear friend, you can be sure. You don't have to have doubts. You don't have to have 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 worry. You don't have to to be afraid. You can know. You can know that you're saved. Preacher, I'm not sure if I died today I'd go to heaven, but I want to know. I want to be sure. I want to walk out those doors in the back knowing for sure I'm saved on my way to heaven. Pray for me, preacher. I'm not sure I'm a Christian, but I want to be sure. Anybody at all tonight? Anybody at all? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You're here as a Christian. Preacher, I'm not, I'm not going the way I'm, I'm not going the way I should be. I'm, I've gone down to Egypt. I've left the path of God. I'm going the wrong direction. I know I'm not I know I'm going the wrong way. Would you pray for me? I don't have any peace. I don't have any joy. I know I'm not in the right I know I'm not going down the right path would you pray for me that I by the grace of God would realize that I'm wrong and go to the right place go back to the place of departure and go back to depending on God would you pray for me preacher I need to be right with God Amen anybody else anybody else I need to go back I need to live for God I need the faith I need to live for Jesus I'm struggling tonight to be honest with you I'm struggling to have faith to live for Jesus. Would you pray for me, preacher? Would you pray? Anybody at all tonight? Anybody at all? I'm struggling tonight. I'm struggling. Oh, dear friend, don't live down in Egypt. It's a place of pain. It's a place of destruction. It's a place of regret. Let's stand to our feet as the music plays. If God has spoken to your heart, dear friend, do what God asks you to do. Obey the Holy Spirit of God listen to his sweet voice, that still, small voice, are you following his will right now? Are you in the center of his will or are you in the center of your will, which way are you going? Do you have peace, do you have joy, do you have contentment, do you know? right with god tonight oh preacher i'm not right with god i'm not living for god but i need to would you pray for me anybody at all this evening would you come would you come and do business with God?